Welcome to Still Becoming, a podcast about how it's never too late to become more free, more yourself, or try something new. I'm Monica DeCristina, a wife, mother, and practicing psychotherapist. Through my own journey, starting with my struggles with anxiety years ago, that led to my professional work as a therapist now, I am fascinated with the process of how we become who we are. We will hear from people telling their stories of becoming, of unbecoming, and overcoming, as well as from experts helping us learn about our own process in the world. We are not designed to stay the same. Our stories are still being written. We are all still becoming. Each month, the Still Becoming podcast brings you a story episode, and this month is no different, Um, but we are in different times. We are in the month of April, and the world as we know it is pretty much shut down to help all of us get through this global pandemic. The story that I have set to release this month is one about confusing pain and shame. I've decided to go ahead and release it because I think that it can be relevant. Very often when we are scared or we're in pain or we're grieving something, we blame ourselves and then we have two problems. So this month's story is a personal one about me learning the lesson of how to separate my pain from the shame story that was being attached to it. My hope is that as you listen, you would be able to identify any stories that are getting confused for you. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're in pain. Whatever it is that comes up for you as you listen, my hope would be that we could feel the pain and separate it from the false stories that go with it. In that dark room with only me and the doctor, I stared up at the screen we were both looking at. It was ghostly and shadowy and black and white. And there it was. Half of my insides, one whole side of my ovaries and fallopian tubes were dark, black, and nothing there. I kept staring, blinking my eyes, thinking something might appear. The dark seemed like it went back and on forever compared to the white figures on the opposite side. It was so odd to see it. Oddly factual. There was a moment of quiet as both the doctor and I stared up at that screen, strangers just moments before. Both united now in the silent surprise of what we were seeing. There is still hope, the doctor awkwardly fumbled. I appreciated the gesture, even though it was awkward. I knew he was trying. One whole side of my reproductive organs were blocked, unable to do their job, explaining why I hadn't been able to get pregnant. There it was, 
right there. That was the why. The doctor said he was going to try to open the blocked side, the shadowy dark on the picture. I closed my eyes and felt like I would die from the pain. It was searing and I thought I might actually explode from the inside. We didn't know if it had worked, but I appreciated the gesture and the attempt. The doctor left and I looked up at the screen. Still there in that dark little room, all by myself, I took in the reality of what I was seeing. There it was. All this time it was you, I thought to myself as I looked at the shadowy, empty side of the screen, without any anger at all. I thought you were there all along, looking like this. After I got dressed and gathered my things, I walked down the bright hall and hot tears started to run down my face as I got closer and closer to my husband in the small waiting room. It oddly had a window to the hall and so I saw him before he saw me. We hugged as I cried, partly from the shock of the pain I had just endured, partly from the relief of seeing him and mostly from the revelation of what was occurring to me. Damn it, I thought. Damn it, I said out loud. All this time, all this time, I thought it was me. I thought it was my fault that I couldn't get pregnant. And all this time, all this time, there was part of my body not even working. The dark, shadowy place I saw on the screen. As we drove home, I thought about all the things people had said to me as I had vulnerably shared my struggle. They said, just relax, have a glass of wine, go on a vacation. It won't happen if you're worried. Stop trying so hard. I know someone who got pregnant after they adopted and they weren't trying anymore. Just stop trying and it'll happen. Maybe it's your diet. Oh, and my favorite. Maybe God is trying to teach you something, and when you learn that lesson, you'll get pregnant. Maybe it's because you're doing this wrong. Maybe you don't have enough faith. And all this time, all that time, all of their shaming advice had a not-so-subtle subtext. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe this struggle, this pain, this disappointment is caused by your failure, by something that you're lacking. And I'm sad to say I believed them. I believed them all. Now, of course, I wrestled with it and I appreciated my husband's eye rolls. But I wondered, and just like a puzzle piece fitting perfectly into its spot, I quietly accepted in my grief that my pain must be my fault. Until, until that dark room alone with the doctor and the shadowy screen above our heads, 
when I saw in black and white clarity something I had never even considered, something that all that helpful advice had never even considered. There was something happening in my body. There was a whole other story, another reason entirely for what I was experiencing. It wasn't my fault. I wasn't too tense, too worried, too faithless, or unable to learn the lesson, whatever that was. I had a physical reason for this. Now, I want to be clear here that even if there wasn't a physical picture, this sadness was still not my fault, and it's not yours either. People are uncomfortable with the pain of others or the fear of others. And in their discomfort, they try to find reasons you're suffering because it is just too scary for them that you might just be in pain. We blame people for their pain because it makes it all seem more tolerable and less scary. Now, sure, there are times when it is true with choices that we bring on pain in our lives. But let me tell you, the majority of the times, the vast majority of the times we are in pain, just because it is pain and just because it is hard or just because it is sad or just because it is scary. People inaccurately blame others when they're in pain or when they're struggling because it's too uncomfortable for them to sit in that person's pain with them. And so... The idea of believing the pain was my fault, always my fault, began to unravel with this experience. My tendency to always assume it was me or there was something wrong with what I was doing was really up for debate. Now maybe you can relate to this. When something happened in a relationship or when someone was disappointed in me, I tended to believe it was me that I was somehow lacking. Now again, I'm not referring to personal responsibility here. That is essential. What I am referring to is what I saw in myself and what I see in therapy all the time. That when we are in pain, we often double our suffering by believing the shame story we're told or we're telling ourselves. There is a developmental process that happens when we're kids, where we believe everything is our fault that goes wrong. Kids are egocentric by nature, and in order to understand the world, without help from a grown-up to sort this out, they assume that pain relationally or internally that they see or that they feel is because of them. And many of us who may not have gotten what we needed or suffered some sort of emotional trauma have never had these shame stories questioned or unpacked. And so we come up with reasons for our pain. I am too much for people or I'm not enough for them or I'm too loud or too quiet. I'm not smart or not able or Something is wrong with me. 
I'm suffering, so it must be my fault. These reasons were strategies as kids to understand pain, but they weren't correct. And we might carry them with us into adulthood and maybe even make up new ones as adults. Or maybe we're being told by other people that our suffering or our pain is our fault. And unquestioned shame stories get generalized to our painful experiences that we run into in life. Let me tell you the difference between shame and guilt so we can start to have more moments where you can see, like I did in that small doctor's room, what is really happening with your pain. Shame is global. It is like a cloak that you throw over your whole being. It is very unspecific. It sounds like you're bad, or you're too much, or you're a failure, or it's all your fault, or they won't like you, or you're not acceptable, something is wrong with you. It's all encompassing about your identity. Guilt, on the other hand, is clean and specific. It sounds like you didn't return your library book, or you were rude to your kids or your spouse or your friend when you were anxious and go apologize. Shame says you're bad and the pain is your fault. And so I wonder, what may you be believing or do you find yourself believing when you are in pain or your feelings are hurt? I believed something was my fault that wasn't. And the only evidence that it was my fault was my own shame stories and frankly, the bad advice of others. Where do you need clarity? The quiet room and putting up on the screen the reality of your pain. Let's look at it together now. Is it possible that you're just in pain? Is it possible that you're just sad or you're just scared? Find someone to talk it through with. In therapy, we sift. We sift out the lie from the truth, the pain, which is valid and hard from the shame story that's often attached to it. Where do you need to let your pain or your grief or your loss or your disappointment be just what it is? Hard, painful, and sad, and not any other thing about you or your identity. As we wrap up today's story episode, I can't help but wonder for everyone listening what it is that you're facing right now. Maybe you are facing loss. Maybe you are facing grief. I think that we're all grieving on some level as we go through this trauma even if it hasn't touched our lives specifically. And I wonder if we can make space for ourselves and space for other people just to have their pain, just to have their fear, just to have their disappointment or their grief, however big or small, without any other story attached to it. My hope would be for you to be able to have the valid space you deserve 
for whatever it is you're feeling today. And that all of us would give that to the people in our lives too. For more information, please go to stillbecoming.net. Please subscribe and review Still Becoming wherever you listen to podcasts if you like what you heard here today. Please follow along on Instagram. You can find me at Monica DiCristina. Thank you for listening.